0: Soft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Mildred and Elsie, Episode 6 The callers departed to their own homes. Mr. Keith called the household together and, as usual, closed the day with prayer and praise and the reading of the Word of God. The good nights were exchanged, and presently Mildred sat alone in her own room, slowly taking down her wealth of rich brown hair, while thought, half troubled, half pleasurable, was busy in her brain. A gentle tap on the door, then it was softly opened, and her mother stood by her side. Instantly the dreamy look left Mildred's eyes, and they were lustrous with love and joy, as she lifted them to the sweet face bending over her. "'Darling mother!' she cried, hastening to rise and bring forward the easiest chair in the room. "'I am so glad you have come. I am longing so for one of our old, quiet talks.' "'Ah, I knew it,' Mrs. Keith said, taking the chair. "'I saw it in your eyes, dear child, and am as anxious for it as yourself. Oh, it is nice to have you at home again.' And so nice to be here, mother dear. There have been times when I felt in sore need of your wise, loving counsels. Shaking out her abundant tresses, she seated herself on a cushion at her mother's feet, and laid her head in her lap, as she had been wont to do in childhood's days. Then I trust you carried your perplexities to a wiser friend, whose love is even greater than that of the tenderest mother," Mrs. Keith said, gently caressing the silken hair and the blooming cheek. "'Yes, mother, ah, what could I have done without that friend?' Then, with blushes and tears, she poured out the story of her love, and her refusal to engage herself, because the chosen of her heart was not a Christian man. Mrs. Keith was a little surprised, a trifle disappointed. "'I had almost set my heart on having Wallace for my future son-in-law,' she remarked in a playful tone, "'and no such objection could be brought against him.' No, said Mildred, half averting her blushing face, he is good and noble and true, a sincere Christian, I do believe, and I heartily respect and like him, but, oh, mother, why is it that the course of true love never will run smooth? I think it does sometimes, at least often enough to prove the rule. I was in hopes it might have been out of sight, out of mind with Wallace, Mildred said presently. No, Cupid's era had gone too deep for that, but perhaps it may prove so with the other, and you may yet learn to care for poor Wallace. No, mother, I am sure, quite sure, that I can never give him anything but the sisterly affection that is already his. Mother, I know girls who think it must be a delightful thing to have a number of lovers, but I don't find it so. There is so much that is painful and perplexing connected with it. Perplexing, my child? Yes, mother. Do you-do you think it can ever be the duty of one who cannot marry the man of her choice to become the wife of another because it will open to her a wider sphere of usefulness? Why that question, Mildred? asked mrs Keith in grave surprise. Because mr-mr. Lord thinks I ought-that it is my duty to-to marry him, and though he did not convince me, he-he made me afraid it might be. A very mirthful look had come into Missus Keith's eyes. "My dear silly little girl," she said, bending down to get a better view of the blushing face. "Why did you not tell him you are quite unfit for the position he offered you?" "I did, mother," Mildred answered with sincere humility. "But he still insisted. He was somehow for. He has somehow formed a very mistaken opinion of me." That is a pity, but we will not let him sacrifice himself. I shall utterly refuse consent, and so will your father." "'But don't you think him a good man?' Mildred asked, lifting her head and gazing into her mother's eyes with a look of mingled relief and perplexity. "'Very good, but very unsuitable in disposition, and in years for a husband for you or son-in-law for me. His absent-mindedness would put a great deal of care on your young shoulders.' But, my dear child, leaving the question of his character and suitableness in in other respects entirely out of sight, the fact that you prefer another is quite sufficient of itself to make your acceptance of his suit both foolish and wrong. Nothing can make it right for man or woman to marry one while his or her heart turns more strongly to another. As to his argument that thus a wider sphere of usefulness would be open to you, all I have to say is that it is not, cannot ever be right to do evil, that good may come." Mildred drew a long sigh of relief. Oh, mother, I am so thankful that you take that view of it, and I am sure it is the right one. You have lifted half my load, but—can you not cast the other half on the Lord? I do try to, but mother, what do you think? Would it be wrong for me to— Follow the dictates of your heart? Mrs. Keith asked, as Mildred paused, leaving the sentence unfinished. My child, that is a question for you to settle with your own conscience. You have God's holy word to guide you, and in answer to prayer He will give you the guidance of the Spirit also. I will only say that it cannot be other than a dangerous experiment for a Christian to enter into the closest of earthly relations with one who is living for this world alone. Especially one so weak and ready to wander out of the way as I sighed the young girl. Well, darling, you are young enough to wait, and let us hope he all will come right at length. Ah, we may be sure of it, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. But it is growing late, and you ought to be resting after your long journey. And with a tender good night they parted. Mr. Lord filled his own pulpit the next day, both morning and evening, preaching with acceptance to his flock. Mildred attended both services, but carefully avoided meeting the speaker's eye during the sermon, and slipped out of the church as quickly as possible after the benediction was pronounced. Each time she was delayed a little in her exit by the necessity of stopping for a shaking of hands, and the exchange of few words with friends and neighbors, who stepped forward to greet and welcome her home. But others were crowding about the minister with the same kindly intent, and thus unconsciously assisted in her desired avoidance of him. She was little less anxious to escape Wallace Ormsby, but in that was not so successful. He walked by her side in the morning, as far as their roads lay in the same direction. Yet as Don held fast to one of Mildred's hands, and Fan to the other, his talk was only on topics of general interest—the sermon, the Sunday school, etc. In the evening, as she stepped into the vestibule, she saw Wallace waiting near the outer door, and read his purpose in his eyes. She turned to Zilla, who was close beside her, seized her hand, and holding it fast, whispered in her ear, "'Well, we'll walk home together. Be sure to keep close to me.' Zilla nodded with a roguish smile, and to Wallace's no small annoyance, did as requested. Offering one arm to Mildred, he could do no less than ask Zilla to take the other, which she did with a losser and all the way home she kept up a constant stream of talk, Mildred listening with inward amusement, Wallace wondering whether it was with a purpose, and wishing she was somewhere out of earshot of what he wanted to say to her sister. The keiths neither paid nor received visits on the Sabbath, so he bade the girls good evening at their father's door and quietly wended his way to his lonely bachelor quarters over the office, while the girls, listening to his departing footsteps, exchanged a few words of congratulation on the one side and thanks on the other, mingled with a little girlish laughter at his expense. Mother, said Mildred, as they were about separating for the night, I will be up in good season tomorrow morning and get breakfast." "'as Celestia Anne will, of course, be busy with her washing. "'Indeed you'll do no such thing,' cried Zilla. "'Ada and I will get breakfast and dinner tomorrow, "'and you're not to so much as put your nose into the kitchen. "'You're to play lady for a week at least, "'while you look on and see how nicely we can manage without you.' "'I've played lady long enough, Anne. "'Mother, isn't it to be as I've said?' demanded Zilla, "'not giving Mildred time to conclude her sentence.' Yes, find enough to do out of the kitchen for the present, and we will let these young cooks have a chance to show what they can do," Mrs. Keith said, looking from one to the other with a proud, fond, motherly smile. "'I like to cook,' put in Ada. "'Milly, I can make nice cakes and desserts. They all say so, and Zilla and I made pickles and preserves this fall, mother only overseeing and telling us how. Celestine wanted to turn us out of the kitchen and do it all herself but mother said no we must learn how monday morning found the keith household like a hive of cheerful busy bees Mrs. Keith and Mildred, busy together in the dining room, washing and putting away the roughest china and silver, which were never allowed to go into the kitchen, laid plans for the fall and winter sewing. I have been learning to cut and fit, Mother. Mildred said, taking lessons of one of Aunt Dinsmore's servants, who is excellent at it. So now, if you like, I shall fit all the dresses of the family, beginning today with Ada's and Zilla's calicoes i'm very glad my dear mrs keith replied for really there is not a competent dressmaker in town but i see i shall have to take care that you do not overwork yourself she added with an affectionate smile mother said zilla putting her head in at the door we're nearly out of salt and sugar both who shall go for them sire on Don, it is a lovely day and they will enjoy the walk mildred there will be some little articles wanted about our dressmaking suppose you go also and select them The walk will be good for you, and you will like to see how the town has grown in your absence." Fan and Annis put in an eager plea to be permitted to be of the party. Mildred demurred. I'm afraid, Annis, darling, you can't walk fast enough. Sister Millie wants to come back quickly because of the sewing. "'Never mind that. We will not deprive the darling of so great a pleasure merely to save a few minutes,' the mother said with a loving smile at the little disappointed face, which instantly grew bright again. "'Linger a little on the way, Mildred, and enjoy the sweet air and the beauty of the woods. These things were given for our enjoyment.' "'Dearest mother, always so kind and thoughtful for each one of us,' Mildred whispered, bending over her mother's chair to kiss the still-fresh and blooming cheek. Mildred had returned to her home entirely restored to health, and full of the old energy, and with a desire to accomplish a great deal in the way of relieving her mother's cares and burdens, and promoting the material interests of her, each member of the family of loved ones. She had planned to do a certain amount of sewing that day, and was eager to begin, but she was learning the difficult lesson of ra- readiness to cheerfully yield her own plans and wishes to those of others, remembering that even Christ pleased not himself. With a face bright and sweet as the lovely October morning, she made herself ready and set out on her errand, Van clinging to one hand, Annis to the other. While the two little brothers now brought up the rear, now hastened on in front, or trotted alongside as inclination dictated. "'Yonder comes the sheriff. We'll meet him in a minute,' said Cyril, presently. "'Who is sheriff now?' asked Mildred. "'Go to bed, light-cap. He's learned to write with his left hand, and they elected him sheriff last week.' everybody voted for him because they were so sorry for him wasn't it nice mother says the folks in this town are the kindest people in the world she thinks yes it was nice and kind mildred responded looking a little curiously at the tall broad-shouldered masculine figure approaching from the opposite direction in dress in gait and the intelligence of his countenance he was an improvement upon the go to bed of two years ago in another moment they had met he lifted his head with his left hand, and bowed a little awkwardly, while deep red flush suffused his swarthy face. Mildred colored slightly, too, but greeted him cordially and without any other show of embarrassment, inquiring after his health and that of his family. "'We're all as well as common, thank ye, Miss Keith,' he said, glancing unmerringly at her face, "'and I hope you're the same, and as glad to get back as all your friends is to see ye.' Thank you. I do find it nice to be at home again," she responded, bowing and passing on. Their way lay past her father's office, Ormsby looking up from the deed he was drawing, and catching a glimpse of her graceful figure as it hurried by, sprang up and stepped to the door just in time to see her go into Chetwood and Mockers. He was on the watch for her as she came out again, and waylaid her with an invitation to drive out with him that afternoon. "'Thank you,' she said with a winsome smile. "'I fully appreciate your kindness. "'But don't you think, after my long vacation, I ought now to stay at home and work, "'I have planned to do a good deal of sewing today. "'But the weather is so fine, "'and we ought to take advantage of these lovely days, "'which will be so soon be gone,' he said persuasively. "'Let the sewing wait. Twill be just the thing for the stormy days "'that will soon be upon us. "'I may come for you?' "'Yes,' she answered, laughing and nodding good Zillah met her at the door, her eyes dancing with fun. Mr. Lord's in the parlor with Mother, and you're wanted there, too. Oh, dear, sighed Mildred, but throwing off her hat in the hall she went at once to meet the dreaded ordeal. The gentleman rose on her entrance, and with beaming eyes and outstretched hand, came eagerly forward to greet her. My dear Miss Mildred, I have been telling your mother of my plans and wishes, and asking her consent and approval of my— the proposal I made to you the other day and, and she has declined to give them, Mildred said, allowing him to take her hand for an instant, then hastily withdrawing it, her eyes seeking her mother's face while her own flushed crimson. Yes, I have been trying for the last half hour to convince Mr. Lord how entirely unsuitable you are for the place and position he offers you, Mrs. Keith answered in a grave, quiet tone. Come and sit down here by me, making room for her on the sofa by our side. We will try together to convince him. "'That will be no easy task,' remarked the middle-aged lover, as Mildred hastened to accept her mother's invitation. Then, standing before them and fixing his eyes admiringly upon the blushing, downcast face of the maiden, he went on to plead his cause with all the force and eloquence of which he was master. He spoke very rapidly, as if fearful of interruption, and determined to forestall all objections. Mildred, listening in some embarrassment, and with much inward disgust and impatience, These changed directly to almost overpowering mirthfulness, as the man, perhaps finding his false teeth to which he was yet not fully accustomed, impeding his speech to some extent, in his intense interest in his subject, hardly conscious of the act, jerked them out, twirled them about in his fingers for an instant, then with a sudden recollection thrust them in again, his face turning scarlet with mortification, and the last word faltering on his tongue. Controlling her inclination to laugh, Mildred seized her opportunity. Mr. Lord, she said with gentle firmness, please do not waste any more words on this subject, for I have no other answer to give you today than that which I gave before, nor shall I ever have any other. I highly respect and esteem you, feel myself greatly honored by your preference, but it is utterly out of my power to feel toward you, as a woman should toward the man with whom she links her destiny for life." With the last word she rose, and would have left the room, but he intercepted her. Not now, I suppose, all oh, my foolish impatience, which has a second time betrayed me, but I will wait, wait years, if it is useless, quite useless, I assure you, she interrupted in some impatience. To convince you of that, I will acknowledge that, that my heart has already been given to another. Hiding her blushing face in her hands, she hurried from the room, leaving to her mother the task of consoling the rejected suitor. Mrs. Keith afterward reported that he stood for a moment as if struck dumb with surprise and dismay, then muttering, Wallace Ormsby, it must be he, was rushing bareheaded from the house when she caught him back and gave him his hat with a consolatory word or two, which he did not seem to hear, as he merely turned about without replying and walked rapidly away with the hat in his hand. Mildred, hurrying to the privacy of her own room with cheeks aflame and an indignant light in her brown eyes, found herself intercepted by Zilla. "'Good girl, not to say yes,' cried the latter, happily putting her arm around Mildred's neck and kissing her. "'What do you mean, Zilla? You don't know anything about it,' Mildred said, repulsing her slightly and inverting her face." "'Yes, I do. Mr. Lord has been asking you to marry him. "'I knew by his looks that that was what he came for, "'and I'm glad you won't have him. "'He's nice enough as a minister, but too old and ugly and awkward "'for a husband for my pretty sister Millie.' "'Wallace Ormsby would be far more suitable in my humble opinion,' "'she added with a merry twinkle in her deep blue eyes. "'Mildred looked at her and took a sudden resolution. "'Come in here,' she said, pushing open the, her room door. Zillah, can you keep a secret?' "'Suppose you try me,' was the laughing rejoinder. "'I will. I am sure I may trust you.' So Zillah presently knew how matters stood between her sister and Charlie Landreth, and Mildred felt that she had another hearty sympathizer, and was safe from any more teasing about Wallace Ormsby from that quarter. As for the latter, he, of course, improved his chance, as they drove together that afternoon over the prairies and through the beautiful autumn woods, and Mildred had the painful task of crushing his hopes as she had already crushed those of her older admirer. Thank you for listening to another episode of Soft Story Classic.